So I'm giving you a reprieve. Next, some of you are laughing. All right. So I'm giving you a reprieve. Next Sunday, men, I, I want you to come in your sports attire. Not just casual. Uh, your headband, you know, I want you to come ready for some physical activity. We're going to have a couple of competitions during service. It is, it's going to be a different type of service next Sunday. And um, it is going to be a dangerous Sunday. And uh, I'm excited about it. And uh, I have been... I have been working through this all week, and I have no idea how I'm going to do it all, but praise God, uh, it is going to be a fantastic service next Sunday, so uh, men, come out ready, and invite a friend. If you have a, if you have a man who's never been to uh, church before, next Sunday is the perfect service to bring them out, so uh, bring out uh, Anyone go into the highways and byways and compel them, right? Is that what the scriptures tells us to do? And so I'm excited about next Sunday. Uh, it's a dangerous Sunday, next Sunday, uh, Father's Day. And uh, also we have our vacation Bible school coming up. I look at our, um, our fundraiser board out there, and I love it that we see a lot of the higher dollar fundraiser pieces uh, that are already taken up and a lot of it mixed throughout. And then the sign-up sheet is filling up, but we have room for more, right? So please sign up and um, please continue to pray for Constance Jefferson and her family in the midst of all the things they have going on. I don't have any more information to, to share with you yet, but as soon as I have more information, I will let you know. Uh, thank you very much. Pastor Willie, come and bring us the word. All right, thank you. <clears throat> So uh, my, uh, I could pull my old baseball uniform out, <clears throat> but it was when I was in Little League and might not be appropriate to wear now, because so, even though it says one size fits all, however, however many of you know, that's a lie. You know, you say, that's a lie from the pit of hell right there. It's a, mm. uh, thank you all for being here today. We are going to continue in a series we started last week. Tongue trouble, what your speech says about your heart. So um, maybe like me, you played a game when you were growing up called hide and seek, right? So <clears throat> I'm the oldest of four boys, so all of us siblings, we would play. Being the oldest, I always had an advantage. Because there wasn't a hiding place I didn't know about, right? So if uh, I, could, I could seek them out and find them. But usually what happened, you didn't have to look too hard. Because inevitably somebody would leave their, their foot sticking out, right? Or, you know, or you'd walk by and they couldn't help but snicker or giggle or something and give, their, give themselves. Some of you have played this. I see you laughing. Um, and some of you probably play with your kids, right? If, if, you're, if your little ones are like mine, my Luca, uh, as long as he don't see you, he thinks you can't see him, right? So he just pulls a blanket up and he's just so surprised when uh, mom or dad knows exactly where where he's at. But sometimes there's a, there's a sleeve sticking out or a little hand or, or something that gives it away. And uh, we're trying to conceal ourselves and we just can't do it all the time playing hide and seek. But now you and I, we've, we've all grown up, but our games haven't. Uh, they've only become more deceptive. Our tell isn't just a, a sleeve or a foot hanging out. 
but it is different as well. It's still a small thing that brings part of our life out of hiding. Last week, we learned two things. One, that the tiny tongue creates powerful pathways. And two, that the tiny tongue creates untamable trouble. And we all said amen to that. So today we're going to move to the third and final part of looking at what our speech says about our heart. And today we are going to learn from the book of James that the tiny tongue uncovers what we would rather conceal. It uncovers our game of hide and seek. So if you'll turn to James chapter 2 in your Bibles or smartphones, or they will be on the screen. I think they are in your handout this morning as well. What I'd like for us to do, and I know this is kind of tough in a, in a, in a congregation, but I'd like for us all to read it out loud together, okay? So it's on, it's on the screen. It's in your handout. It's in your Bible. And if we read from the screen or the handout, we'll all be saying the same words, okay? <laughs> so if you have like a really wild translation or something other, you know, it's, it might sound different. So uh, let's read together. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell." All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Man, you know, I kind of made a joke last week. We could stop right there and give the invitation and altar call because the power of those words have a way of convicting our hearts, or should right? Because we, we look at these passages and it becomes a mirror to where we begin to see ourselves and we see that maybe we've got a little bit of work to do. There is a, um, a psalm, Psalm fifty-one, fifteen, and it says that my mouth might declare your praise. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth might declare your praise. The point of that psalm is that we were created to praise God. And the last couple of songs we sang this morning really talked about the way that we worship God. We worship Him for who He is, how great He is, what He's done, all of those things, but mostly just because He deserves worship. He is the one who deserves worship. We want our mouth to declare the praise of God. But in James chapter 3, verse 9, um, we find that uh, that's not always the way it happens, right? Just as a, just as a review, um, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men um, who's been made in God's likeness. That's, that's, that's pretty strong, right? That's exactly what the scriptures 
tell us and say to us that we have, at times, used that tongue to do things that God does not want us to do. I'm going to call a timeout just for a second. Um, everybody gets real awkward. Real, uh, don't worry about it. Um, and here's why. This happens just every once in like 20 years. So my note pages from last week is mixed with my note pages from this week. How about that? I might have to, uh, I might have to fly a little differently this week. Hey, that's, that'll be all right. <clears throat> well, pray over this and let's see if God will do a miracle. No. All right, so I'm probably going to depend on you, Kate, uh, a little bit, a little bit uh, uh, more. So go ahead and let's go to our next slide. Okay, so, and I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> All right, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, with it we curse men um, that have been made in God's likeness. Now, here's what happens sometimes. We say, you know what, um, well, I don't curse people. Uh, and that's not the biggest part of this verse that he's trying to get across to us. The biggest part is that people are made in the likeness of God, Right? People are made in the likeness of God. And with that being the case, we need to understand that those around us are, in fact, made in God's likeness, right? So whether you like them or not isn't the issue. The issue is that they are made in the likeness of God. And so with this idea of them being made in the likeness of God, we have to understand that um, they are God's creation. And with God's creation, we don't want to curse other people. We don't want our mouth to be that which curses other people. Let's move ahead to the, to the next one. Does that f fall in with your fill-in? Yes, no? God-likeness? Is that your two? Are we good? <laughs> so you do have it. Okay, good, 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 good. You know, it's one thing for my notes to be messed up, but for your notes to be messed up, oh my goodness. All right. So even the vilest, that's your next one, even the vilest individual is a work of the Creator. Now that's hard for us to think of sometimes, right? Because we think of somebody and we think, man, hell's going to be hot for them, right? But when we look at that person and say, I mean, think of the worst person you can think of right? Uh, hopefully you're not thinking of me right now. Uh, but think of the worst person you can think of and think, oh my goodness, that person was made in the image of God. That person is somebody that God loves. That person is someone that Jesus died for on the cross, just like he died for you. And as D.L. Moody once said, we're not for the grace of God, there go I, right? There I am. Were it not for God's grace, that very well could be me. That could be me walking there. That could be me um, being like that. So we look at that verse sometimes and we think, oh, I'm going to exempt myself, right? Because uh, I don't curse people. What, what, what James is doing, he's showing an inconsistency of sometimes what we say and then the way that we live. When you think about this, um, you might find um, the implications are great for the Christ follower. So whether or not those around you will consider the claims that Jesus has may have less to do with the opinions that you express about God and more about the opinions that you express about others. Think about that. So when you hear about other people 
talking, and you hear um, about people not wanting to be part of the church, not wanting to be part of, of what God is doing in the world, sometimes, sometimes, the opinions you express about God are less important than the opinions that you express about other people. Think about that. That's on the next slide. I might, I might be a tad ahead of you. Good. There are times in life that people, and maybe you've had this instance where they don't really want anything to do with the church, and, and they'll, they'll point to somebody, well, I, I knew so-and-so that went to church, and they never had anything good to say about anyone. Not they didn't have anything good to say about God. Oh, they had plenty to say about God. But when they would talk about people at their church or people in their family, it was always negative. I don't think I want anything to do with that. So think about that. This is one of, the, this is one of those implications that there might be in our life, right? That the opinions we express about God are less important than the opinions that we express about others. The third thing I want you to, or the next thing I want you to see here, is that the way we speak about one another, look, at, look around, all those that are here, the way we speak about one another is an indication of our relationship with God, our Creator. I'll let you write that in. Right? Now, whether it's others, or it's people driving on the road, or, or, or whatever it is, right? I mean... We, we're, this is all under the heading is it's, we're created in God-likeness, right? Um, the word curse here is not necessarily talking about uh, expletives. That could be included. But you might find this illustration in your own life while driving along in your car. You've got K-Love on the radio. Hey! She says, hey, got Caleb on the radio, right? And you're just singing at the top of your lungs at this worship song, and then someone that we will call Bozo cuts you off in traffic while on a cell phone and eating their breakfast at the same time. Or, or she Bozo, and they're putting their makeup on while they're driving. If you do that, Never mind. I'm just going to say, please stop. But anyway, maybe you're good at it. I don't know. Maybe you slam on the brakes of your car, but your tongue goes into overdrive, right? And suddenly you find the same lips and tongue that you are singing that worship song to at the top of your lungs, now saying things that you would be embarrassed for God to hear. And he does, right? And you're calling that bozo other names besides bozo, uh, you're asking them in, in pretty strong words where they learn how to drive, right? And if your window's down, your hand may just automatically run up out of the window, and, and who knows what happens at that point. We, we pray that it's, uh, it's just a wave. Oh, that's all right. I'm not, I'm not looking. <laughs> Here's the point with all of this. Th- think about all this. When that happens... We're not displaying the character of God. Our opinion about other people is being expressed in ways that does not honor God. And we're speaking about somebody else, and it's an indication and can be an indication of our relationship with God. You say, come on. Somebody cutting me off in traffic can be a relationship indication. Yes, it can be. It can. And that's what I want to talk about to us this morning. 
our hearts revealing what's really there. And as we get into this, the concept is that, that Scripture is a mirror that we take a look at. And when we see something in the mirror, if you look in the mirror and your hair is out of place, usually you try to fix it, right? You look in the mirror and you find, find out that you've buttoned, put the buttons in the wrong hole. You ever done that? Got it all buttoned up and find, oh, I missed one. You have to unbutton. And you correct this. So here's what this is supposed to do today. It's supposed to help us see ourselves the way God sees us and then help us correct it. Somebody say amen to that. Okay, so let's take a look. And I'm, I'm back on track. That page was the one that I missed, so I'm back on track. So there are two sayings of Christ within the discourse of Matthew 15 that I want us to hear um, that talk about this. So the first is found in Matthew 15 and 8. And it says this, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Right? These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In this case, their tongue is revealing their hypocrisy. And Jesus is telling them, you know, hey, this is, this is just worthless. This is a worthless form of worship. You, you can't do this. This isn't right. And here's the point. It's easy and possible to say things that sound right, but conceal a wayward heart. That's what we're talking about in 15 and uh, 8, right? Now let's look at a little bit further down in Matthew 15, verses 18 through 20. The things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these are what make a person unclean. Now listen to what Jesus says. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are the things that make a person unclean. That which is concealed by the heart will eventually be revealed by the tongue. Your tongue will give you away. And that's what Jesus is trying to get through to us in these passages. Not just honoring me with your lips. Honor me with your heart. And you say, well, what does that mean, right? We try to honor you with, your lips and, and with our lips, and we should. Um, but he said, your hearts are far from me. And then he describes how he knows that. Because the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. The evil things. And so he tells his listeners that are there that day, I can tell what's in your heart by what comes out your mouth. Think about that. And God hasn't changed. And I, I'll take it one step further because the first thing he mentions is out of the heart comes evil thoughts. So Jesus goes one step further and he says, I can also tell what's in your heart because I can read and hear your thoughts. I mean, just, you know, let that settle in. Let that settle in for a minute. It's not that only that God hears what we speak. God hears what we think. 
And he knows that both of those are revelations of our heart. And that's why he talks so much about getting our heart clean, getting our heart right, having a pure heart before God, having a right heart before God. It's that place that's the seat of the emotions. It's that place where we make decisions. It's not this blood-pumping vessel in the middle of our chest. It's this place within us where we make cognitive, should be rational, reasonable decisions about how we're going to behave based on what we know to be true. And so for us to say, I know this, this, this about God is true, but we don't behave that way, there's that disconnect. And Jesus is saying that disconnects in the heart. That's where it's at. So you can't change it just by trying behavioral modification. I mean, that could help and that could be worth something. But Jesus says, I want to go deeper with this. I want to take it into the heart. So Jesus is very clear that the tongue reveals the things that we would rather conceal. Evil talk reveals an evil heart. Greedy talk illuminates a greed-filled heart. Immoral conversations expose a lustful heart. Lies, slander, gossip, condescending and hateful speech disclose the truth about the condition of a heart between you and your Creator. And we find this, guys, this plays out in everyday life, right? You're at work and a couple of the guys start telling an off-color, a dirty joke or whatever, and you, you've got to make a decision at that point. Are you going to ha, 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 laugh around and, and, and go along with it so that you're not like, you exercise or don't seem weird or, or put out, you know? Or are you going to make a stand? And, and I know it's not always easy to do. I've been there. I've been in that same position where somebody says something and I have to make that decision and get hit on the, hit on the arms. Isn't that funny? I don't, I don't find that particularly funny. Oh, why not? Well, it gives me a great opportunity to tell them because, you know, this person is in the likeness of God. And I remember telling somebody one time, they made a joke about lady, and I said, listen, that girl is somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, maybe somebody's mom. Do you think they would appreciate those things you've said? Oh, uh, well, you're going to be a stick in the mud. I, I'm not being a stick in the mud, right? What I'm doing is I am living out what God has put in my heart. You know what? Those kind of sins, the sins of the tongue and the sins of the thought, is what nailed my Savior to the cross. I don't want to do that to him again. Right? And that's kind of how I think of it. So when I participate in that kind of thing, it's like I'm driving another nail into the Savior. I don't want to do that. He's already died to save me from that. And I have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit checks. And you guys know good and well that there will be something going on. And right then, you'll, you, you get this little whatever, it's a you know, flutter in your heart or a little sweaty palms or whatever, but you know that the Holy Spirit is now tasking you to say whether or not that you are going to stand up and be a light or, or at the very least walk away and not be involved. But what are you going to do? Or are you going to allow the tongue to reveal that you're not really walking where you should be? I know this is tough. But, you know, we are, as ministers, we are commissioned to teach the entire Bible and let the chips fall where they may. And I believe that you all want to serve God and you want to live right before God. And so we bring this to us. And I wish I, wish I could stand here and tell you that I'm the perfect example and you can follow me because I get this right all the time. But as the scripture we read said, that if you, if, if you got the tongue right, you're perfect in everything that you do. And I'm far from perfect. Anybody with me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right? 
So that's the issue that we have to deal with because this tiny tongue will reveal. And maybe you do a good job at it not revealing certain things around people you don't want it to, right? You really watch your P's and Q's when you're around the pastor, right? You know, whatever it is, if you, whatever habit you've got. I remember Chuck Swindoll talking about that he, uh, he saw one of his parishioners, uh, the, him and his wife were out on a, a walk on the beach, and he saw one of his parishioners, and uh, as he was walking toward him, he, he noticed his parishioner was, was smoking. And um, so he called out his name as he got close, and the parishioner took his cigarette and stuck it in his pocket. And Chuck says, so I thought, I'm going to see how long this lasts. And the guy kept fidgeting and moving, and, it, and he finally called him by name, whatever his name was, and says, why don't you get that thing out of your pocket before you burn your leg, you know? I'm not here to judge you, right? But it was one of those things that he wanted to conceal from the pastor for whatever reason. He wanted to conceal it. Um, one, of, one of the girl's friends got in the car uh, with Christina the other day, and they were riding. I think they were going to the mall, um, you know, because that's like, the next place you want to be besides church. And uh, so they're on their way to the mall, and one of the girl's friends is talking, and, you know, and she lets out a cuss word. And, and uh, one of the girls smacks her on the leg and says, I told you you can't do that in the car around my parents. <laughs> um, which, you know, glad. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But we do that around other people. We do that bef- even before God sometimes, right? You know, hope, hope God didn't hear that. God always hears, <laughs> right? He always hears. But we, sometimes we have a pretty good job at, we, we think we're pretty good at controlling our tongue around pastor or whoever. Maybe we run into another, another somebody from a church at a Walmart or, what, or whatever, a Target, you're out shopping, and you watch your P's and Q's a little bit closer because, you know, listen, God wants to work with you on that. Here's my question. Why is it that you feel it necessary to hide it from the pastor? You have to answer that. Most of us kind of know, right? Think about that. Why is it when you get into the presence of someone that you think is close to God or is a representative of God, you immediately want to hide certain things? goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Do you remember that? When Adam and Eve had done wrong and they hid themselves from God. And that's, that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, you're not hiding this from me. I hear your thoughts. I hear every word. I hear the words before you speak them. And sometimes it just grieves my heart. I mean, we could take, a, take an, another week or another series and talk about the things that God tells us to talk about. I mean, that would be pretty awesome to get those things in our vocabulary and get those things in our mouth and, and, and allow them to get in our heart so that it comes out. And I really think that God wants to deal with... with I mean, this was what was on my heart to, to minister and to teach. So I, I just feel like maybe God's already been dealing with some of you about that. Maybe God's already been knocking on your door and saying, hey, we need to do something about this. We need to work on this. And you have a choice. You have, you, you have volition. Isn't it great to have volition? 
You, have, you can make a choice. You can say, God, let's work on this, and I, I know it might be tough, I'm going to do it with you. Or you can say, God, get lost. I kind of like what I say, and I kind of like what I do. Besides that, I don't want to look weird around my friends or whatever, right? Or, well, I picked this up when I was a kid. Yeah. And? <laughs> you think God's power is less because, you know, you picked it up when you were a kid? No. It's not. But this is serious stuff. It was so serious that the Apostle James spent nearly a whole chapter in his book, said nearly a fourth of his book, writing about it. So much that Jesus spent time in so many of his sermons talking about it. Because he wants our hearts right and then growing. Right and growing, right and growing. Amen? All right. Everybody that's mad at me, say amen. Thank you. Uh, that's all right. I make everybody happy when I preach. Some people when I start and the rest of them when I'm done. <laughs> all right. So what are we to do? That's the question. Now I'm going to share just, if you weren't here last week, there were four things. We'll just hit those real fast. They're in your notes. The first thing is to reflect, right? What is the source of your tongue trouble? And we talked about that last week, some in, in the more depth. Uh, you can go back and you can find that on, on Facebook or um, YouTube and look at that if you want to dive in deeper to that. But reflect, what, what are some things that are causing this? Uh, secondly, to relent, to give up your excuses, to say, okay, I'm going to quit making excuses for this. I, I'm going to get things right. Uh, third is to refuse. Just learn to say no to participating in ungodly speech. And that's retraining yourself. That's part of that. And then not to forget to repent to turn your back on that sin. Okay, so those are our four R's that we talked about. And then we talked about Psalm 141, verse 3. This prayer from last week, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. And if you remember, I said this is so many times that I've gone into situations and I prayed this prayer before going into them, and there were situations I went into and wished I had prayed that prayer before I went into them, right? Because I didn't. And I said, God, you know, I, I want not just a guard, I want a heavily armed soldier, right? I want somebody with a great arsenal to be set over my lips to give me a guard against things that I shouldn't say, right? To be able to capture, and here's a, something that the Holy Spirit can do, help you capture those things pre-them rolling off your tongue, right? It's like, well, you, mm, praise the Lord, I got to... Stop that, right? I mean, that's part of this process. So God put a, put a guard over my mouth. So I'm going to give you two more practical suggestions today that kind of round out from last week and this week. All right? If you're ready, say amen. amen. First one, get real. Get real. Turn to your neighbor and say, get real. See, this problem of uh, tongue trouble is both undeniable and it's uncomfortable. It, it's both, you know. You say, you enjoy teaching about this? Well, there are other things I enjoy teaching more, okay? Let's just say that. So it's it can be uncomfortable for both of us. But the thing is, God's talking to all of us. 
And that's what's so important. So the problem of a troubled tongue is undeniable and it's uncomfortable. So just let's just get real about that, get it off the table. Uh, even if we're keeping one another, and, and it's a good thing to do, keep one another accountable. You know, if you've got a couple close friends and you're having issues with this, ask them to help you keep, keep you accountable on this. Just get real with it. Is it going to be uncomfortable? It might. It's going to be as uncomfortable for them as you. It's like, and don't get mad then when they say, hey, uh, you... You know, you shouldn't say that. Well, who do you think you are? Well, I'm the guy that you are, the gal that you told to keep you accountable, right? So don't, don't go off on them. Just get real about this. Here's the reason. Because the tongue defiles. That's, you. That's the first thing under that. Why do we get real? Because the tongue defiles. Jesus made this abundantly clear. He said, it will defile you. It will set your whole course of life. Things that people have said has, have changed their entire course of life for the good or the bad. We talked last week about, about speeches that people have given that whether it moved people into greatness or moves people into rebellion, the tongue can do that and it can defile. The second thing is the tongue defies. Let me tell you what I mean by that. That, that little thing in your mouth dares you to try to bring it under control. It dares you to try to change it. It's like it's got a mind of its own. And when you start submitting to the Lordship of Christ, your tongue is going to try to defy that. In fact, some people report that after pouring their heart out to God and changing this, that it seemed to them that things got worse before they got better. Why? Well, sometimes it's because the tongue defies that. It just wants to go against that. And other times it's because now in your spirit and your heart, you're more aware and it seems bigger. But either way, the tongue defies. Third thing is the tongue displays. That's why we got to get real. It will reveal what you want to conceal. It will. At some point and in some way, I mean, how many times have you thought, oh, did I say that out loud? Right? How many times have you wanted to take back something that you said? I mean, you would give anything, it seems like, to take back something you said. How many times have you said something and then been like, well, where did that come from? Right? All of these things. And so as we submit this to the Lordship of Christ, to the Holy Spirit's work in our life, we will become more aware of the things that we say. Right? How, how about this one? Not necessarily a, a sin, but, but it just shows you how, how this thing works. You remember hearing something as a kid, maybe your mom or your dad used to say, and it just rubbed you the wrong way, and you're like, oh, when I have kids, I'll never say that. And then the day, so you're laughing, you know. And then the day comes, and something triggers you, and you blow on, and you're like, I sound like my dad, or I sound like my mom. I said I would never say that to my kids, and there it is. You're like, well, what happens? Well, the, you know, the tongue took over. It decided it was time. It is time to reveal this, you know? And that's just things that happen. So when we get real, we, we'll get real with the fact that we have trouble controlling our tongue, right? And the sooner we get started and allowing the Holy Spirit to correct that, the sooner we'll get to the place we need to be. Amen? Okay. Next thing. After, not only getting real, but we've got to get right. Everybody say, get right. Right. We have to deal with both the heart and the tongue. 
I mean, that's just a matter of getting right. So we, we have to get right. Uh, and what I want to tell, tell you is that there is hope. That's good, good news. And I'm going to use an illustration uh, from Scripture, uh, and we talked about this Wednesday night in class. So in, uh, when Christ is picking his disciples, right, he, he's picked a couple of guys in, in Luke chapter 9, um, there is this day, it says in ch- verses 51 and following, that when the days were approaching for his ascension, for Christ, he was determined to go j- to Jerusalem. So he sent messengers on ahead of him, and they entered a village of the Samaritans to make final arrangements. But when he got there, they did not receive him because he was traveling to Jerusalem. Okay, so get that picture. He sent some folks on ahead. Uh, he was going to Jerusalem. They stopped in the Samaritan town. They want to get things ready. Hey, Jesus is coming, and you know, uh, but he comes through. He's not there to stay. He's there to continue to moving. So they did not make uh, any pomp and circumstances about him. Uh, then in verse 54, when his disciples James and John saw this, uh, John was part of this. John's the one we're going to look at. They said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Wow. That's a... Some days. some days, yeah, some days. Some days, right? Lord, is this what you want us... These people aren't responding like we thought they should. I mean, they're not acting right. Should we command fire to come down and just burn them up, Right? And Jesus rebuked them, and in and, and many of your translations it says uh, that Jesus told them, you do not know what kind of spirit you are, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy, but to save. And then he went on to the next village. So here's this guy, John, ready to call down fire from heaven because people aren't doing what he thinks they should be doing. First John. So this is 30 years or so after Jesus has left. And he's been working on John a long time. Here's what John wrote in his book, 1 John 3, 18 and 19. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue only, but with actions and in truth. For this then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we have set our hearts at rest in his presence. So now John's at a place where he's giving um, words to entire church bodies, not just a few people who didn't respond the way he wanted to. John's not calling fire down from heaven now. Now he's imploring them to act in love. He's imploring them to use their tongues to speak well, but then to put that into action and to do well. And he says this at the end because this is how we set our hearts at rest in the Lord's presence. I kind of think that John looked back at that moment and thought, my heart wasn't where it should have been. I mean, I was a disciple of Christ. I was following, following Christ along. We were having a great time. But if my heart had been in the right place, I would not have wanted to call fire down to consume those people because they weren't treating Jesus right. I would have wanted to act in a way of love that made them want to know the Savior. So here's what I'm telling you. John's tongue changed. And the reason his tongue changed was because his heart changed. And that's very powerful from that passage. 
That's how we know that our hearts can be at rest in his presence. How do you know your heart's getting better? Your tongue will reveal that as well. Your thoughts will reveal that as well. You'll find yourself not saying the things you used to say. You'll find yourself thinking differently than you used to think. You will hear other people say certain things, say words and things that you just, you know, they'll sound so loud in your ears. So I was a teenager when the uh, show The Dukes of Hazard came out. Anybody remember that show, Dukes of Hazard? Bo and Luke Duke. You know, I always wanted to get and jump that car. You know, it was always amazing to me. They'd show that car as it came down, the front end crunched, and then the next time you see it, it's perfect. That thing was an amazing car. But I, we would watch that, and it's a clean show. I, I never, never in my life, never in my life heard my mom or my dad uh, use a cuss word, never. And uh, mom, we're upstairs in what was our, our family room watching that on a, you know, like a whatever size, 17-inch tube TV. And uh, we're watching that. Mom's in the kitchen. But you go downstairs to the back of the... And Boss Hogg used a bad word. And like that, I, we heard our mom, Turn that thing off! now I hate Boss Hog too, you know? It's kind of like, but it just wasn't, and and, and the reason I tell you that is because, you know, I don't know that she heard any other word in that show. (laughs) Didn't hear it at all. But there was that one that she would not partake in, would not let her kids partake in, they didn't do it, and for some reason that word sounded loud. And what happens is, as we get close to God and we redefine who we are, and redefine who we think by the power of the Holy Spirit, there will be things that sound so huge and so loud to us and almost alarming. And you'll get to the place when you will realize, that used to be me. And then you'll thank God that he's doing a work in your heart and in your life. So there's hope. Let me leave you with this. Here's the prayer for this week, Psalm 51 and 10. You can pull that up there for us. Thank you. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit, a right spirit within me. Create a clean heart, a pure heart in me, O God, and renew a, a, right, a right spirit, a spirit that is steadfast on what you want, on your righteousness. Amen? Did you bow your heads? God, as we come to this time, and I've delivered what I felt like you put on my heart so that we could all become more like you and using our speech for what it was given to us for, to uplift, to gratify others, to, to help grow the kingdom of God, to speak encouraging words, Lord, to glorify your name. And so as we come to the end of, end of this, um, Lord, I want to thank you that you're concerned about what we say. I want to thank you that you're concerned about what we think, that you're concerned about what's in our heart, and that you invite us to come to you to have some work done. So God, I ask that for the Bellbrook Bellbrook Community Church, God, that um, you would do some heart surgery. Lord, that we would be open to allow you to begin working in areas that we've either been uh, just unaware of or, or maybe we've been avoiding or maybe for some of us, it's already been 
on our minds. And so, Lord, I pray for us collectively that you set a guard over our mouth. You keep watch over the doors of our lips. And, God, that you create a pure heart within us, a heart that is right in your righteousness, that is steadfast in what you have called us to be and say, and that we honor you with our speech. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Some of you glad that's over, huh? <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I want you to, as I said last week, those four things, the four R's that we talked about, those are just good to go, go back over maybe every week. Kind of give an evaluation of yourself. Lay your heart out before God um, and say, God, talk to me. Deal with me. And let him do that. Let him do that surgery that's on, that needs to be done. Amen? Amen. If you, if you will, uh, get your um, gift ready to give to the Lord. See, our ushers are ready to, amen. They're, they are ready to wait upon you. And um, Pastor Ralph mentioned that the, a little bit earlier that we have VBS coming up. And that is, um, that is July 26th through 30th. If you haven't signed up to be a volunteer, please Please do that. Even if you can only volunteer a couple nights, still, still sign up. Uh, any help you can give is, is great. Um, on the left going out is the fundraising board and envelope with numbers on it. You just take one of the numbers of the amount of money that you would like to give and sponsorship of this. Um, and I think, I think last week, I forget, uh, do, you, do you remember, Ryan, what you guys counted? It's close to 300 or a little bit more than that, 400? So, you slept since then? Yeah. Uh, but I think it was three or 400 that was, that was committed already. So, thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you for your consistency and your, and your giving to that. So, they're going to uh, be, uh, be preparing those things. And if you have any questions, you can, you can see Christina. And so, on, on the back of your um, bulletin, you can see who's Christina and who's not Christina. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a way of saying... Don't, don't come to me with your questions because I'm going to send you to her because she's going to answer. Isaac? Uh, June 25th, which is a Friday, the men's group is hanging out at Ryan's house. Woo-hoo. 6.30, we're doing bonfiring out here in the devotional. So um, we'll get the address out next week. But again, June 25th, Friday, 6.30 p.m. So we'll have a good time and hold each other accountable when they're coming. Hey, good job. All right. Woo. <laughs> which is also a good news for your tongue, right? Yeah. So, and I hope I did say VBS was July, not June. Okay, good. Uh, Brother Jerry, would you offer a prayer for our offering? Father God, we're just so thankful that you have given us the right to be a part of your family. And Lord, as we are here today, continuing in our worship with a pocketbook, with our love to you, and our gifts to you, Amen. And as they, as they wait upon you, if you are a first-time guest with us this morning, thank you for being here. Let's just show them that we appreciate them, appreciate that. Um,
If uh, you are with us by way of Facebook or on YouTube, online in some way, thank you for making us part of your uh, worship morning on this Sunday. Pastor, is there anything else? He's on the blue. All right, here we go. Um, camp is coming up here in July for teens and tweens. So if your uh, young person is going to camp for teens, please talk to Tabitha. For tweens, talk to Christina. We need to have registrations done here soon. And so um, tweens, I think, is uh, second grade through um, sixth grade. Um, and then teens is sixth grade on up through uh, high school. And so if your uh, young person is uh, going to either of those groups, please uh, get them uh, registered so that we can turn in those funds. Uh, our cost is going to be $50 per uh, young person. And so we've got monies in the uh, church to cover the rest of the funds on those, but we do need to get you registered. So the, the primary thing is to get them registered, get those people uh, notified that need to be uh, notified. So thank you very much. Work day. Okay, not this coming Saturday, but the last Saturday of the month, a week from this coming Saturday. We're doing a work day here. Um, several projects going on. One of them is we're going to be fixing the ceiling fan in here. Uh, we're doing some painting on the outside. So we've got several projects we're working on. Uh, please set some time aside on that Saturday. Um, and then also, this coming Saturday, tentatively is set aside to help the Meneers move. Um, Isaac is saying they may have everything done by then. They may. So please be paying attention either to the crew app or to your email because we, we will notify you on both um, if you're needed or not. Um, but just be aware um, that this coming Saturday, you may have Saturday off. But the last Saturday of the month, we are still going to do our work day here um, to get these projects done. And if you have time, uh, also, um, we have two ceiling fans that we have purchased for the nursery upstairs. Um, Right now, if you have not been aware, um, our air conditioning unit that is normally established in the uh, ceiling in the uh, upstairs area is out. And so we moved the nursery down into the preschool area today because this morning it is 80 degrees up in the offices. So um, I am not spending a lot of time in the church offices during the week right now because it's 80 when we come in. Um, and so it is not the fat loss program that I'm looking for. Um, so please call me if you have any questions or you need something. But if you are willing to come in and help install a couple ceiling fans, uh, if that is a gifting, we have, uh, they have um, uh, fluorescent tube lights in there right now. So there's already electric there. Um, we just have to pull those down and install the ceiling fans. So if that is a gift mix that you have and you'd like to do that, I'm going to pick those up. I have to pick those up from uh, Home Depot. They're already uh, paid for. I just have to pick them up and then you can uh, install them. But if that's something you're willing to do for us this week, please do let me know. Thank you very much.